Adina Leone is a certified life and soul coach, but she has always been a healer. Her ultimate goal is to guide others to go inward and meet the highest level of their authentic selves so they can cultivate their ideal life and also reverberate that conscious energy outward towards the collective. This is done through a combination of both shadow and light work. Adina is also passionate about making music, which is a whole other realm of healing energy frequency. In all areas of her life, she wishes to reach people with her vulnerability, creativity, and compassion. I am so excited to be speaking with Adina today, so please join me in giving Adina Leone a warm welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, first of all. Likewise. Um, my name is Adina Leone. I am a certified life coach. I like to call myself a soul coach and a guided healer. I'm kind of toying with that name right now. Um, I am just here to serve people on an individual level and also on a collective level. And um, I have a very um, large passion for music as well. So. Yes, I've listened to some of your songs and the words are just beautiful. I assume that you write the lyrics yourself? I do, yes. Nice. Yes. Um, I have a producer that I also work with. Wow. So on my release single, we collabed on that, but I do a lot of writing myself, yes. That's awesome. I find that people that are deep thinkers and healers are very drawn to the creative arts, whether that be um, like painting or writing or lyrics and things like that. Absolutely. It's that little edge. We have that little edge in us as artists. <laughs> yes, for sure. So I wanted to get into your work and what you love to do. What inspired you to start writing and creating your Instagram? Because I found your Instagram and I was like, her work is so put together beautifully. It's so aesthetically nice, but it's also the message is really strong. So what got you into this field of healing and um, like conscious work. Yeah, well, thank you for the compliment about my Instagram, because I'll be honest with you, when it comes to Instagram, I just completely pretend like I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I have some some people that have helped me with content and stuff, but for the most part, I'm just winging it. Um, what made me want to get into this field was I've always kind of been in therapy. I've always been in therapy my whole life, but I've always kind of had a knack for wanting to be in the mental health field, wanting to be a therapist of some kind. Um, I just remember being a kid and sitting in a big rocking chair with my babysitters and asking them like what was going on in their life or if they had a boyfriend or how they were feeling. Um, I always just had an interest in human beings. And when I reached my teenage years, I would say was like the start of very challenging times for me. Um, I would say between the ages of 15 and 24, um, a lot of hardship came into my life and a lot of just really difficult things. Um, and I kind of, I was always in relationships that weren't so good for me. And 
it's like I knew logically that I was meant for more than the life that I was living at the time, regardless of the fact that I had been in therapy for so many years. Um, and I kind of just let the pain be my fuel and like a guiding force to want to be there for others. Yeah, Yeah. that's beautiful. Especially um, when we go through challenges or difficulties ourselves and 15 to 25 is such a rough death gate for anyone. Like minus traumas aside that they may or may not experience. So people that are so empathetic and, and sensitive Um, we are so drawn to helping others that sometimes like kudos to you for being in therapy, but sometimes we, it's like a self-worth thing where we don't know that we deserve any better. So we stay in like less than, um, healthy situations because that's all we think we're worth, unfortunately. So I'm so happy that you, you had that insight and that self-awareness that like, this isn't what I meant for. I'm meant for something so much greater than this. Absolutely. I think when you go through pain and toxicity, you can either go one of two ways. You can decide and make the choice within yourself to cultivate a better life, to turn those wounds into wisdom, um, and to be a guiding force for others. Or you can, you know, harbor a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness, a lot of hurt and resentment. Um, So that's the choice that we all have to make. Yeah, I agree completely. I always say that you go one of two ways. You either break the cycle or you continue it. So that leads me to, I love talking about relationships. It's like my favorite thing because as many like people that are in the healing uh, field, we've been through so much like inner turmoil ourselves that we want to help people who are experiencing something similar. So I'm wondering, how did you kind of overcome and heal from unhealthy relationship patterns? So it's not overnight. It's not quick at all. Um, I would say the first thing that was really important for me was having a solid support system. So although like the internal work was absolutely being done, Um, I'm so grateful and blessed to have had and have to this day people around me who have unconditionally supported me. And I think for all of us, like having a really solid support system is crucial. Um, I think another thing that I really had to realize over time was that my pain doesn't define me. So the situations that I've been in. Um, I want to use the pain as fuel, but I don't want to use it as an ongoing story and necessarily a reason to give to others. Um, So what I mean by that is your past and your pain can be a part of your story, but it doesn't have to be your inner narrative. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be how you continuously tell yourself things are going to be or things have been. Um, So I think really making that separation from 
kind of like a victim mentality to a responsible mentality, mm. like taking that responsibility. Because um, when we're in toxic situations, it's really, really easy to point the finger at the person who's hurting you. But it's our responsibility as well because we are making the choice to continue to be in that situation. Yeah, that's so powerful. And and that's so, um, some people get activated or triggered by that, but I, I'm right there with you. I've been there. It's so, sometimes it's tempting to stay in that victim mindset because it's like, well, I'm out of control. I feel helpless. And you have a right to feel that way. But once I think for me, it switched that, okay, this happened to me, but this isn't me. And then we can take responsibility for our lives moving forward. And that's when we take our power back. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a key, key thing is standing in your power. And I think for a long time, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, Because sometimes when we're a little less evolved, um, we're in the place where we're like, we're less evolved at the moment, we're thinking standing in our power is rebuting, like having rebuttals or being able to show our anger in ways that are not productive. Anger doesn't necessarily make you powerful Um, or being petty. Like I've been so petty in past relationships and it's like, well, I have a right to be this way because this is happening to me. And back then, like I thought that was me standing in my power. And now I know that standing in your power has such a different meaning. Hmm. That's a really interesting point. I'm kind of going through the same thing right now. So I'm happy that we're talking about this. What does it look like to you to tap into love for yourself? Would you say that, because in my experience, it's just been a continual journey. Do you think we ever get to the point where we're, we're kind of done with that work on loving ourselves? No. I don't think I don't think we're ever done with our work. I don't think we're ever done with our healing. Um, I think that I tapped into love for myself when I got a really clear picture of who I was. Um, and I do think I would attribute a lot of that to my support system as well, who always was lifting me up and reminding me. But people can tell you many times and you still have to feel it within yourself, um, I think becoming really clear about your negotiables and non-negotiables in a relationship, I think knowing your worth, and that sounds so cliche, but it's true, like when you feel comfortable with who you are and you have a trust for yourself and a love for yourself, um, you're going to have a deeper understanding of what you want to call into your life. Yeah. Are you into the law of attraction and manifestation? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I think manifestation is like, I feel like I manifest every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like modern day magic every day. 
I yes. love it. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> but it's it's so true. I think sometimes, especially nowadays, we think that the work is finding the relationship. And oh, that is, I mean, part of it for sure is attracting a relationship that you can harness your value in. But the work is in the relationship sometimes. It's um, the non-negotiables, like you said, it could be so easy to push things under the rug because you don't want to you know, start an argument, but it's learning to tap into your boundaries and learn to communicate your negotiables and non-negotiables. A hundred percent. Yeah. Another um, key word that you just said that goes hand in hand with standing in your power is knowing what your boundaries are in a relationship and in your friendship and in your any type of relationship, family, friends, loved ones, and with yourself. Yeah. And, and you're so, I'm so happy to hear that. You're so lucky you have a, a strong foundation of a support system because sometimes that's the work too. We get out of unhealthy or dysfunctional romantic relationships. And then we find that there's other places in our life where there's still toxic relationships. So I'm really happy that you have that strong support system. Has it been like, have you had to cut people out of your life for that? Or they just naturally kind of found you? Um, I feel like maybe when I was in my early 20s, I kind of drifted from certain people because I was just kind of changing my lifestyle and it it more so happened naturally than me um, getting into conflict with people. I am blessed to say that my soul tribe has just like gravitated to me so organically. Wow. Um, And I think that's also something to think about like the energy of attracting things to you is always going to mirror the energy that you put out to people um so I've been very lucky that way and let me just point out having a support system a great support system is not having people that yes you all the time Having a great support system is having people who will lift you up and call you out with compassion. So I just want to make that clear. Yes. My ladies got me. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so happy you said that. I love that. I completely agree. There was a quote I saw not too long ago. It was like, a good friend will tell you what you want to hear, but a great friend will call you out on your bullshit and something along those lines. And in any relationship, like, when people yes us constantly, they're not being their authentic selves. They're just kind of being a people pleaser. And it's those people yeah. that hold you to a higher standard than perhaps you hold yourself that are really the ones that you want to stick around. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So now that we're on the topic of authenticity, what do you think that it means to be your authentic self? I think being your most authentic self is being able to accept your shadow and your light and not having shame around expressing those parts of yourself. Um, I think that when we're not authentic, it's because we still are harboring shame around certain parts of us parts that we don't want to show, parts that we don't feel so comfortable with, right? 
Um, so I think when we can learn to have the shadow and the light side of us coexist um, and kind of integrate those things together and find productive, healthy ways to express ourselves, I think that's when we really are being the most authentic. Yeah, I agree. Being authentic can be really hard sometimes, especially as you mentioned, the parts of ourselves that we might want to disown or abandon. So yeah, I know you mentioned shadow and light work. Can you touch on those a little bit more? Yeah, so I think that shadow work, kind of like I was explaining before, is taking the parts of ourselves that we're not so proud of, um, that were kind of developed from trauma, developed from pain and experiences that we faced in our lives. I think instead of pushing those sides of ourselves away, the shadow work is more about like integrating those dark parts of ourselves and seeing how they can benefit our life, like seeing what we can take from them, what we can learn from them. Um, it's like making your shadow and your light friends instead of having them be, you know, arch enemies. Like it has to be one or the other and they're on opposing side. I mean, it's the whole thing about yin and yang, like that, that duality has been around for centuries. And I think that it's important to see them as parts of you that can coexist. They don't have to be against each other. And for me, like the light work is just understanding what your purpose is as a light worker. Um, and I consider myself a light worker and I think you are too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just really honing in on that purpose and how we can carry it out. Like we come from this dark place, which is the shadow. And then we emerge into the light while still, you know, cradling our shadow. We're friends with our shadow. He's coming along with us. And um, he, she, they, they're coming along with us. And we are then getting through that tunnel and just kind of exposing our light and shedding it onto the collective as best that we can. Hmm. I love that. Absolutely. I agree. I think that it could be easy to beat ourselves up for our shadow side. Um, but once yeah. we can, because unfortunately, and fortunately, I find that our biggest adversities are our best teachers. Like my pain has been my best teacher. And so that's why I wouldn't take it back. But I remember a meditation teacher telling us to do an inward meditation on our shadow side and learning to befriend it and yeah. understand its purpose rather than push it down and repress it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly it. How would you say that someone can expand their inner light? So I would say that first you have to show yourself that you can make yourself feel good. Right. So I think starting with baby steps, like every day when you can ask yourself, like, what do I need? What's going to serve me right now? What's going to feel good to me? And we kind of establish a routine for ourselves every day consistently. Um, 
we kind of show ourselves like, wow, I, I can make myself feel good. And once you have that trust in yourself to make yourself feel good and healthy inside and out, we're able to carry that outward. Um, so I think it always starts inward, but I think like it's really important for us to show ourselves that we have that capability, like that light is within us. Um, so that productivity is within us. And when we can carry that out, we kind of start to realize like, oh, what else can I do? You know? Um, so yeah, I think it starts with baby steps daily, like having practices daily that show you that you're able to serve yourself effectively. Yeah. I think it's also about, like you said, believing in yourself. What do you do every day, like self-care rituals that um, tend to or nurture yourself that you do to show yourself you believe in yourself? Yeah. So I've done really silly things. I've done really typical things. Like I love to move my body. um, And I like to listen to my body too. Like I don't like to have a workout routine where I'm like, okay, I have to do this five days a week. Yeah. Like every day is a different day for me. Um, so if I'm feeling a little more like low energy, maybe I'll just do like a yoga flow, you know? Um, and if I'm feeling like, yeah, I want to, I want to make some shit happen today. <laughs> like I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling powerful. Then I'll do like an, in- a more intense workout. Um, and that's what I think it means to kind of listen to yourself. You know, you don't have to, treat every day the same when you first tap into what you need you can kind of like alter your routine to fit that so i love to move my body i love to eat well i've definitely improved my diet a lot um over the past couple of years nourishing yourself is extremely important um i like to pamper myself extensively that's something that's always gone with self-care for me like I I have to just kind of spoil myself um and I also will do like silly little things like I'll look at myself in the mirror and be like you're you're doing great you're doing great today like you really are (laughs) Or if I'm, like, in the midst of crying about something, like, I'll literally just, like, go up to the mirror. I've literally, like, kissed myself in the mirror and just been, like, it's okay. Like, it sounds ridiculous. But little things like that, um, you just – you treat yourself like a friend. Like, what would you want to do for your friend if you see them crying, right? Um, Yeah, I – I sleep with my little crystals. I do some journaling. I meditate. So every day is different for me. What do I need today? What do you need today? It changes. And that's okay. That's a good question. And that's so powerful. I love all those things. I got to say, I love being pampered. Like if I was a millionaire, I'm pretty sure I would spend like 50% of my money on like going to the spa because it's just so amazing and healing. It really is. And I'm not a millionaire, but I, I do it. I try to make it work. (laughs) Good for you. I'm so happy because that could be the hardest part is treating ourselves like we treat a friend or a child. So many of us beat up on ourselves and treat ourselves like the enemy. 
So when we can change that perspective and say, would I talk to my child? Would I talk to my sister? Would I talk to my best friend this way? Most of the time, I would hope it's a no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you are so gorgeous inside and out. So what does inner beauty mean or look like to you? So inner beauty to me um, is resilience. Like I think the sexiest thing is when somebody can come from darkness, can come from adversity, can come from pain, and not only bring themselves out of it, but maintain your softness, maintain your compassion, and maintain your drive to cultivate this new life for yourself on the other side. Like, I think that's, I think that's so beautiful, so sexy, so hot, like in anyone. Um, that's inner beauty to me. Like, just coming out of the fire. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I That was a great answer. I couldn't agree more. I think that it's so tempting or so easy to, after we've been burned, to get hard. But to remain soft and have that courage to have an open heart and be brave and love again or be kind to others is probably the biggest sign of resilience, like you said. So, agreed. <laughs> Yeah. So kind of shifting gears here, what do you think, I want to talk a little bit about spirituality. How has your spirituality evolved and how does it continue to transform? Yeah. So um, I think that my spirituality really started evolving more at the start of the pandemic. Um, I was able to really spend a lot of time in solitude, obviously, and go inward. And I was able to identify kind of what I thought spirituality was and reframing the meaning for myself. Um, I think that I've always like internally been a spiritual person, but what I thought that it meant was more like faith, like faith in a specific higher power which it does mean um for a lot of people and that's wonderful but for me it was more of realizing that all we have is energy around us like all we have is energy and the energy is neutral until we give it meaning so i kind of was just like I have this like energy, this matter around me, like I can actually cultivate it into whatever the hell I want. Um, and I started to realize that to me, spirituality was a deep connection to myself and to the universe and to that energy. Um, so I think that really started to evolve for me in 2020. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I've just been on this like flow of evolving in a spiritual way. And it's really exciting and really interesting what I've discovered. Yeah. 2019 to like 2021, that 
gap of two years really woke up the collective consciousness. I think it, it forced us to be in solitude and kind of have that veil removed. And sometimes we have to see things we don't want to see and it's scary and it's not cute, but it really is transformative if you let it. Yes. I always said it's been the most transformative period of my life. And I think especially for us light workers, um, with all of that chaos happening in the world, like we were kind of like automatically like levitated to this level of consciousness and we're just all like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> so I, I think, yeah, I think it was, it was super collective that way. Yeah. I, I think of it like we were all in a jar, like marbles in a jar. And like for the first time in like years, someone shook up that jar and we're, we like really felt it on a deep level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to say, I want to go back to what I said before, because there are so many different kinds of spirituality. So, um, everybody has a different higher power, right? Like some people have God, some people have um, whatever God means to you in your religion and your spirituality, like that is your higher power. And that absolutely does constitute for spirituality. Um, but just for me personally, like it's an energy and a connection to self. Like it just kind of feels like you're coming back home to yourself. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I'm glad that you went back to that because I think that when asked the question, like, what does it even mean to be spiritual? Everyone says they're spiritual these days. Like for yeah. me, it's, it's less about it looking a certain way. Like it doesn't have to be like I am going – to wear amethyst crystals all over my body, but then I'm going to go, you know, like do something really harmful to someone. Like for me, it's less about doing yoga and meditation, even though that's a beautiful addition to my personal spiritual practice, but bouncing off of what you said, it's that, that, um, connection to the energy of yourself and to the universe. Absolutely. Yes. That was a really good point. Um, what does, someone that is trying to, they have emotional challenges, they're struggling right now. How would you say that they can utilize that as a catalyst for expansion and growth? Yeah. So I think this is kind of um, maybe going back to something that I said before, like understanding that your challenges are part of your story, but they don't have to be your inner narrative. You don't have to be a narrative going forward. Um, so just because you've experienced this pain already, um, yes, it makes you who you are, but you are in complete control of how that story unfolds every day forward. So I think the beautiful thing about having this experience on this astro plane is that every day that you open your eyes, you can decide on a new life. You can decide who you want to be moving forward. Um, and your pain does not hold you back from that. Your trauma does not hold you back from that. That's just a decision that you have to commit to. Yeah. It's a huge commitment because <laughs> some days it's like, I'm feeling great. Like I'm, I'm transformed. I just want to love everyone. And other days it's just like, you just feel so resentful or angry or just like harmed. So I think it's like you said, a daily commitment. 
It absolutely is. And like understand that it's a cyclical process. You know, be patient with yourself. Practice self-compassion. Practice um, practice being okay, feeling like shit. Um, because it's not it's it's not going to be a linear process. It's going to be completely like even when you're on an upswing healing, right? When you're doing great and you're feeling good, like life is always going to throw you a curveball. The universe is going to be like, ah, oh, things have been a little too static for too long. Let's see. Let's True. see what you do now, honey. Let's see you take all the tools that you've been kind of collecting and see how you put them to use. Because the universe wants to see that you've been applying the tools and the universe likes to test us. So, um, yeah, it, I'm not going to say it necessarily gets easier, but we become more equipped. Wow. Really well said. I, th- this wasn't like part of it, but I'm just thinking now, cause you said tests. And, um, I think for me, I was really tested this time last year. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I'm on my way to enlightenment. Great. Then I got into a relationship and that ego just got knocked down. The universe was like, bitch, you thought. And it was just like, showed me all the parts of myself that I still have to heal and just learning to be okay with that, that it's not about being perfect all the time. It's really not about that. Not at all. Not at all. I kind of look at it as like, you're playing, you're like in a video game, right? And you're going through all of these levels and you're like collecting little, you know, like in Mario, like you're collecting all those little like cubes and like diamonds. You're collecting more and more as you go through the levels. Um, So yeah, you kind of, you just become more equipped to handle whatever life is throwing at you because of what you're collecting along the way, like the information that you're collecting. For sure. This conversation has been so helpful to me personally. I am, I'm so thankful to have you here. I know that you are a certified life soul coach. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about this um, with you. What are some like common patterns or issues or topics or even themes, for lack of a better word, that you see come up, whether it's in yourself or your, your life coach clients? Yeah, so I think I posted an IGTV about this yesterday. I think something that's like really universal for all of us is being able to surrender control, um, being able to sit with the unknown periods in our life, and kind of understanding that the downswings or like the stagnant periods are also and can be also very positive for us and very telling. Like I said in Leo, um, like an underestimated guiding force. So I think a lot of people, myself included, struggle with loss of control, struggle with not knowing where to turn next. Um, and kind of being in like transitional periods of their life. So that's something that I'm really passionate about 
helping people move through. Um, and also a really big issue in our generation is how to form healthy, long lasting relationships that we can put value on, that we can commit to, where we can think before we act and then walk the talk. Um, it's extremely few and far between. And um, I would love to be a part of helping more people with that, um, forming better intimacy with ourselves so we can do that with our partners. Preach. <laughs> Preach. It's so true. So many talking points here. Um, going back to that dark, like stagnation period, that could be so scary. Like you said, I found that I have my best manifestations though, after that, because it's kind of the universe guiding us in a different direction. So once we let go and just release that, like desperation or clinging that, that we surrender the control, that's when it all falls into place. That's so accurate. Did you watch my video? Because I, No, I saw the preview, but I'm going to watch it. I said exactly that at one point. I said, um, after this period of stagnation, we almost always get this clarity back, like this sudden moment of clarity where we're grounded. We just like know what we have to do, um, especially when we're taking the time during the stagnation to really lean into it. When you're like allowing yourself to feel that, um, I think those people really come out of it with clarity and like with their manifestations coming to light. So I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's about acceptance and allowance. And once you just give it to God or the universe and you have trust and faith that one door closes, another opens, that cliche then that's when it, it all like happens like clockwork. Kiss it up to God, kiss it up to the universe. <laughs> take over. I always like to tell the universe, like take over for me. Like, my hands are up. Yeah. Jesus, I surrender. Wherever <laughs> I'm supposed to end up in three weeks or a month, I'm floating. I'm floating with you. Just take me there on the lazy river. Like <laughs> <laughs> do the work for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. And what you mentioned about intimacy, that word is, I agree. I'm 27. You look fairly young as well. You look like you're 22. Um, but sure, I, we'll go with that. <laughs> I love now when people like ID me, I'm like, I will take it. I will take yes. it. Um, but our generation, even the generation after us, we have such a hard time with intimacy because again, it's that fear. I don't know what it is. It's um, this whole like facade of trust issues, like fuck love, like no feelings. Like I, as someone that's an empath, like I can't get on board. I just like love deeply and I want to love. And I think that intimacy is, it takes the most bravery out of anything I've personally experienced. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't get on board with the, you know, fuck your feelings bullshit either. Um, I'm such a lover. Like, I have so much love to give. And I think that a lot of people also mistake intimacy as sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, and 
kind of like revealing a sexual part of yourself, which is part of it. Like, of course, there is sexual intimacy, and that's very important to a healthy relationship as well. Um, but that emotional intimacy is like difficult. That takes courage. Like you know, that takes bravery. That takes commitment, um, and that takes strength because you're kind of like laying your guts on the table for this person that you're choosing to be with and laying your heart on the table and just hoping that they don't crush it. (laughs) Yeah. Taking that risk, you know, it is such a risk. It's like giving that person my heart and saying, I want to trust you with this, but you might break it. So again, surrender. And, and what you said is so true. Like being sexual is only a component of intimacy, but so many young people, like 30 younger, whatever, so many of us, like no matter our age, we mistake that as I'll let you see my naked body, but I won't let you see my naked heart. And that's where we close ourselves off. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think when we can, that's also like an example of showing up as our most authentic self is with that emotional intimacy and allowing ourselves to surrender. Um, telling someone you love them when you're not sure how they feel about you. Yeah. Right. Like to most people, that's like a no, no, because in our generation, it's like, if they're not giving you this energy, you got to give them way less. You have to give them 5% of whatever energy they're giving you. No, like, and I was, I was guilty of, you know, being sucked into those games at times because it's hard when you're not, getting the love reciprocated back to you. So it's easy to get caught up in that. But um, it's just like that Lana Del Rey song plays in my head, fuck it, I love you. Like if you love someone, just lay it out there. And if they choose to receive that with the same amount of love, then they're meant to be there in that moment in your life. And if not, nothing, nothing meant for you will ever miss you. I love that. Yes. I love that. You can't, you can't stop something that's meant for you and you can't force something that's not meant for you either. Absolutely. Wow. That was so powerful. It gave me chills. It's, it's so true. It's about putting the ego and the fear to the side and just showing up as your most authentic self. And I love that you're helping people with this. So we only have a couple minutes left. I want to ask you one final question, whether it's an intimacy relationships, just, learning to grow and develop yourself spiritually, what is one step that people can take a tangible first step towards healing? I would say positive self-talk, um, really pay attention to your inner narrative, really pay attention to the inner thoughts that you have that you might let bypass you on a daily basis because those thoughts and that inner narrative comes from your subconscious Mm -hmm. and your subconscious listens to you very very hard (laughs) um and your subconscious is made up of all those traumatic experiences and all that pain and so it's easy to develop an inner narrative that isn't so sweet um And I think when we really start to pay attention 
to our inner thoughts and what we're telling ourselves on a daily basis, um, it could surprise us. And we can evaluate like what changes can be made for us to cultivate a more positive inner narrative, um, which then translates to our conscious mind and our conscious actions. Yeah. Yeah. So much of our programming is subconscious. So that's a, also another really good point is just harnessing that version of yourself that you're looking to become or grow more of those qualities and kind of quieting that doubting, sometimes evil twin voice on our shoulder. It's like the angel and devil on our shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, you know, you can let the devil speak at times, but reframe how you're letting it speak to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think just paying attention to how you speak to yourself is a good first step. Yeah, so important. Awesome. Can you tell people a little bit about your social media, where they can find you? Also, you have a new single coming out on Halloween, which is super exciting. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. Um, It's Adina, but it's with two A's. So it's A-D-I-N-A-A dot Leone, L-E-O-N-E, and you can tag me if you want. Um, You can also find me on my website, which is insideoutwellnesscoaching.com. And yes, I am releasing my new single. So I know if some of you heard my first single, it was like a summer boppy fun. This one (laughs) is the little devil on your shoulder. (laughs) This one is like but in a good way it's like that badass you know dark side coming out and i wrote this song about four years ago five years ago now in the midst of a heartbreak Mm. those are always the best (laughs) so it's like if you like creepy sexy cool um definitely look out for nightmare being released on halloween i like the title very fitting i i've I love sad songs, not saying it's a sad song, but like also as an artist, I find that the worst heartbreaks make for the best art sometimes. And I'm just like, why does it have to be this way? But like, I get the best ideas when I'm feeling the strongest emotions. So I am really excited to hear the song. That's always the case. I completely <laughs> agree. I'm glad that you're excited. I'm so excited. I'm ready. This has been like my baby. I'm just ready to release her. <laughs> is it on Halloween because it has kind of like spooky season vibes? Yeah, I actually, so um, I had a download like five days ago that I was releasing this on Halloween. Oh, <laughs> so, it's so fun. Yeah, it's oh, definitely cool. spooky, but it'll also make you just like remember the bad bitch that you are. Mm, divine timing. I love it. Well, thank you, Adina. This has been so fun. And I know that people are going to love this episode. It it was, it had a different feel to it than the other episodes. Sometimes they're very like educational or informational. Sometimes that can get to be robotic. So I love the like flow again, going back to authenticity and thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey. And I know that this is going to help so many people. Thank you for having me. I love speaking with you and I look forward to connecting more 
And yeah, if anybody wants to reach out and have some more funky, authentic conversations, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs>